So once, there was a little boy named Billy, and he was in third grade math. And his teacher said, Billy, you have 10 sheep in a pen. You subtract one, one jumps out, and how many sheep are left? And Billy said, zero. She said, Billy, you have 10 sheep in a pen. One jumps out, how many are left? And he said, zero. And she said, Billy, you don't know arithmetic. And she said, ma'am, you don't know sheep. <laughs> and the funny thing about this is both are 100% correct. Sheep, obviously, are the most leader-following animals in the history of creation. Math works in a different way. But from their own perspective, Billy, from dealing with sheep, presumably, knew that, in fact, if one jumps out, all of them are gone. The math teacher, knowing basic arithmetic like the back of her hand, knows that 10 minus 1 is 9. From their own perspectives, both made sense, and they were just working with what they had. In today's gospel, Christ is preaching and teaching in the temple. And all of these clergy from the temple and all of these scholars from the temple come out to him and they say, where are you getting this stuff? By what authority are you teaching these things? This is astonishing. It would be like as if you were in a Supreme Court case and there were two lawyers arguing and one is making all the sort of traditional arguments and the other is just saying these almost outlandish things that just makes so much sense. It's this completely novel, astonishing interpretation of the Constitution. And so the justices say, where are you getting all this? Where did you go to law school? Who did you clerk for? And he says, well, uh, my, my name's actually um, James Madison. I, I had a, a role in creating some of these documents. And if that were to happen, obviously, the judges would call the bailiff and have this crazy person immediately removed from the courtroom. And Christ is kind of in the same situation. So they say, by what authority are you getting all this? Are you doing all this? And Paul tells us in today's reading from Philippians, he says that Jesus was in the same morphe of God, the same category of God, the same form of God, the same shape of God, and did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. So if Christ is indeed one essence with the Father, if Christ is indeed the same as God, all that can be predicated of God can be predicated of Christ, this is astonishing, amazing. The idea that this homeless, poor, loving rabbi, sorry? <laughs> By chickens, right, exactly. This idea that this poor, homeless, loving rabbi is the fullness of God this would have been completely inconceivable to these people standing around. And not only inconceivable as a proposition, but the problem with belief in the New Testament is that it's not belief in the sense that we often use belief. So when I say I believe something, I use that word in different ways. So sometimes I'll say something like, I don't believe in ghosts, or I believe in the theory of evolution. And what I mean is, I looked at the facts, here's what makes sense to me. I looked in my creepy, spooky, unfinished part of my basement, no ghosts. I looked at a bunch of finches, a bunch of primates like myself, 
evolution makes good sense. But I looked at the facts, and here's what I think. In Greek, this is a specific word, gnosko. But the word that we get from belief in the New Testament is totally different. It doesn't have anything to do with looking at the facts and making an inference. Pistuo, belief in Greek, means I trust in, I hope in, I put my heart into, I put all my eggs into this basket. It's a totally different concept. And sometimes we might say, okay, well, that's easier. You know, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have to make sense of the resurrection, the virgin birth, but yeah, sure, I guess I trust that. But the bad news is, it's much harder. Because it's not just accepting a proposition, it's staking your entire life on something. It's living for something, living out something. So to believe in the gospel of Christ is not just to say like, yeah, Jesus, good guy, I'm sure I believe all that stuff. It is to turn your life upside down, to start being kind to people who are unkind to you, to start giving away what you have to others who don't deserve it, who might not even need it. It is like living in this radically different Christian way. So Christ tells this parable of the two sons. And the first one, the father says, I want you to go in the field and work. And he says, not on your life. Like, I'm retired, I'm done, I'm moving on, I'm on sabbatical, I'm not going to be there. And the second one says, absolutely, yes, Father, I am a dutiful son, I hear and I obey. And then when the alarm goes off at 6.30 the next morning, the dutiful son says, well, you know, I'm dutiful, I accept that my father is the boss, you know, I am, that's just who I am, I'm, I'm so dutiful I don't even need to go, I already believe all that stuff, I'm good. The second son hears the alarm go off and he says, you know what, I don't even know what I think about this stuff, but I'm going to go to the vineyard anyway. I don't know if I really make sense of the miracles of Christ, and yet I'm going to take him at his word. I don't know if I can even imagine what it will be like to be resurrected bodily at the last day, to stand before the great judgment seat, to see the new heaven and the new earth, which is all peace and joy and goodness and love, come to light. But I'm just going to live this way anyway. That's what really pistuoing looks like. But this idea that we can just take something on faith, take something on hope, and actually form our lives around it, shape our lives around it. This is crazy. This is big stuff. This is, for a human being solo, totally impossible. And so it takes the work of God, the Holy Spirit, working within our hearts, within our minds, within our lives, praying within us, illuminating us, teaching us. And that is why this baby is wearing a long white dress today. Baptism is this moment in which we are transformed by God. Not to be different people, not to be radically better in some way, but just open to the work of the Holy Spirit. All of this starts with this moment of baptism. Writing about 150, 175 years after the crucifixion, Tertullian of Carthage says, all these people, they come to the church, they want baptism, they're ready to be all in, they spend three years preparing, they get to midnight before Easter, they walk into the baptistry, and we just pour a little water on their head, and they're like, what is this? 
I thought this was going to be like a big, dramatic, big deal thing. But he points out that we are mental, spiritual creatures, and we are physical creatures. I have fingernails and blood sugar and arteries. I also have thoughts and hopes and dreams. These things are not disparate, they're not separate, they affect one another. My blood sugar level drops and my fears become much more powerful than my hopes and dreams. Everything is dependent on one another. But that we are these spiritual, physical beings, these mental, physical beings. And so God has to come to us to address all of ourselves. So a little water is poured on the head, or a person is completely immersed in the dunk tank, whatever it may be. And in that moment, God is transforming us. He's releasing us from the grip of death. God's releasing us from the grip of evil. And God is creating this new place in our hearts for the Holy Spirit, such that we are able to do the impossible. Such that when the alarm goes off at 7 a.m. and we hear ding, 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 will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers, we can say, I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord, I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ, I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons? Loving your neighbor as yourself, I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being, I will with God's help. Baptism, as strange as it may seem, is the most life-changing, important, astonishing thing that will ever happen to this child. But wrapping our minds around that is a huge challenge. And yet, when we come before the Lord with open hearts, with love and trust in the Lord, he will work these miracles within us. Amen.